you're listening to Birds, Bees, and Teas, a sexuality education and storytelling podcast hosted by yours truly, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton. Hey teasers, welcome back to another episode of your very favorite sexuality education and storytelling podcast for grown folks, birds, bees, and teas. Yes, I am so excited for this episode. I say that at the beginning of every episode, but y'all, I really love talking about sex and educating about sex and opening up these conversations and sharing new things that I learn with y'all, um, sharing things that um, come up for me um, in my learning uh, with y'all. So I really do be excited. And I'm excited for this episode because today we're going to be talking about orgasms again orgasms 201 yes not 101 because we've already done that and y'all have graduated from tease university y'all are now sophomores okay we are in season four and we did 101 last season or the season before with alicia be free andrews who is an awesome amazing outstanding fabulous bad bitch sex educator out of North Carolina, um, who is my friend and mentor. Um, And she joined the podcast and we did Orgasms 101, where we talked about all the things and there was still more to talk about. So that is what we're going to cover today. I'll also say that that Orgasms 101 episode is our best performing episode to date. Y'all really went up for that one. Y'all loved it. Y'all have been sharing it. Um, and it still has the um, the greatest amount of plays to date. Um, and so really grateful to Alicia for that. Really grateful for the energy that that episode brought and grateful to y'all um, for wanting to continue your learning about sex and continue learning about orgasms. So yes, we didn't cover every, every, everything in that 101. So I'm coming to y'all today with a 201 um, uh, about orgasms and specifically about the different types of orgasms that people can experience. Yes, Um, because we want y'all to know all the things so that you can get the best out of life, get the best out of your sexual life and out of your sexual experiences. And when you know more things I'm telling you, I've said it before, the sex gets better um, and you're able to make better decisions for yourself. You're able to better advocate for yourself and what you want and what you need and what you want to try and all of those things. So we are going to talk about the types of orgasms today and I want y'all to take note of these things. Think about what piques your interest, what excites you and things that you may want to add to your 2023 sex bucket list, um, your goal list, your sex vision board, all of those things, um, because it's still January. So it's time, you know, it's it's still early on and it's still time to add those things um, to your list for the year. Think about ways that you want to grow as a sexual being this year. Yes. Okay. So I was inspired to do this episode one because uh, the Orgasms 101 is performing so well. And if you haven't heard that episode, please pause right now. Go back to your main screen, scroll up or scroll down and find that episode Orgasms 101 with Alicia B. Free Andrews um, and check that episode out first. Okay, you need to hear that one first before you're ready for this part two, because we really getting deeper into it. But if you want to understand the basics um, and uh, yeah, if you want to understand the basics, that is a good 
place for you to start. Um, so one, because that episode is doing so well. And two, um, because I saw a post on Instagram from B Condoms, B the letter condoms, a black owned condom company. Um, they post um, really exciting and informational um, sex tips on their Instagram. So if y'all don't follow them, make sure that you do already because they provide learning. And then also that's a place where you can support black business, um, get your sexual health needs, um, your sexual health supplies um, from that company. Um, their condoms are available in Target, Walmart, and in um, in CVS. Um, and they're odorless, pH-friendly, vegan, and FDA-approved, okay? So B Condoms posted a um, posted something on Instagram where they posted the eight types of orgasms that every woman must experience once in a lifetime. Um, and I loved this post. It was so good. Um, it highlighted a lot of the things that we talked about in 101, um, but it really got down uh, to the specifics of the different types of orgasms. So I was inspired by this post to um, deliver this episode to y'all. And I'm going to add on to the eight that they listed and give y'all a few more. So we might talk about maybe like somewhere between like 12 and 15 types of orgasms today. Um, and, you know, see what sounds exciting and interesting for you. All right. So let's go ahead and get right into it because, yes, I know y'all want this tease. The first type of orgasm that um, we are most familiar with and that they talk about in the B condoms post is a clitoral orgasm. The clitoris is a very sensitive part of reproductive anatomy. It's filled with nerves and nerve innings. And so touching it or stroking it with the hands or a sex toy can lead to orgasms. And you don't have to limit it to just the hands or sex toys, okay? You can use different parts of the body that people like, you know, that your partner likes or you like for your partner to use on the clit, okay? Um, and the biggest thing that we need to remember about the clit is not just the bulb that is, um, that protrudes um, in the vulva that's above the vaginal opening and the urethra, um, but the clitoris also extends behind the inner labia. So behind that pink fleshy skin, there are also, uh, there are like legs essentially um, that are attached to the clitoris and they uh, all provide the same amount of sensitivity. Um, so when clitoral stimulation is happening, definitely get that bulb, but make sure that you get the whole everything, massage everything, mo uh, moisturize, stimulate, whatever you're doing, get everything, you know, um, get all up in that vulva so that all the parts of the clit are being stimulated and get the most out of the clitoral orgasmic experience. Okay. Um, the next spot, uh, the next type of orgasm is a vaginal orgasm. And um, typically we associate vaginal orgasms with stimulation of the G spot. Um, so this is a spot that is located a few inches through the vaginal opening or in the vagina. And it feels um, a little bumpy or rough or like the skin that's on the roof of your mouth. 
Um, with fingers, a penis, sex toys, or other things, it can be stimulated. Um, and G-spot orgasms can feel deeply intense and can be even accompanied by squirting in some cases. So we've talked about squirting a little bit on the podcast before, and we talked about it like at the very end of Orgasms 101. Alicia like screamed. She was like, squirt is not pee. Thank y'all. <laughs> Something like that. It was crazy. Uh, but she's absolutely right. Squirt is not pee. That's a big question that we have. Um, squirt is or female ejaculation is a, a fluid that produces in the body as an orgasmic response. And uh, when it releases, it releases from the urethra, which is the same tube um, that carries pee or urine out of the body, but it is not pee. It's like a, um, it's usually like white or clear or like a diluted type of fluid um, that happens as a result of uh, stimulating the G-spot. Okay, so square is not pee. It comes from the same hole, but it's not the same thing. So some people have said that um, it can like smell or even taste like pee, but that's probably because there's urine already in that urethral tract that is just traveling along the way with the squirt. Okay, so yes, square is not pee. It's its own thing. And also something else that's really interesting to know about squirting is that it happens differently and it doesn't happen for people in different ways. So some people squirt every time they orgasm. Some people have unexpected squirting episodes um, when experiencing orgasm. For some people, they feel it's uncontrollable and other people, they can do it on command or on demand. Sometimes they can make themselves squirt, sometimes not. Um, and then some people never squirt ever, like they never experienced that. Um, and all of these things are normal and natural and happen for different people in different ways, okay? Um, so, yes, nothing is wrong with you if you've never squirt. Nothing is wrong with you if you squirt every time, even if you may or may not want to. Um, all the things that happen around squirting are natural and normal. Some people really like it. Some people aren't into it at all. And these are things that you should practice with yourself and see what your own body does, um, and then also have these conversations with sexual partners about things that could possibly happen when orgasming, okay? Um, so yes, we're most familiar with the G-spot when we talk about vaginal orgasms, but there are also other spots in the, vag um, in the vagina that can be stimulated um, to produce an orgasm. And one of these spots is the A-spot. So y'all gonna hear me flip through my book real quick because I want to read to y'all the definition of the A-spot. And I think we talked about this in 101, but I'm gonna give it to y'all again so that we can reinforce our learning. The A-spot is the anterior fornix erogenous zone. And it is a region of sensitive tissue on the anterior or the belly side of the vaginal wall, just past the G-spot, and right before the cervix. Okay, so reproductive anatomy. Yes, let's get into it. You have the vulva, and then you have the vaginal opening or the vagina. And through that vaginal opening, you have that rough patchy skin. That's the G spot. And then you travel up a little bit more. That's the A spot that provides stimulation for some people. And then some people like to have cervical orgasms, um, which are orgasms that are stimulated by P 
penetrating um, or making contact or stimulating the cervix, okay? Um, so yes, different strokes for different folks in the most literal sense in that matter, um, but there are um, three places through the vagina um, that can be stimulated to produce orgasms, and that's the G-spot, the A-spot, and then the cervix, okay? So some people like that uh, the rough sex where there's a lot of contact with their cervix, and some people don't like that at all. Um, and so that, you know, talk to your partners, think about what works for you, all those things. All right, let's keep going. Um, so let's talk about the U spot also. So we're going through the whole alphabet, okay? We got the G spot, the A spot, and now the U spot. The U spot um, describes uh, the tissue that lays on the outside of the urethral opening in a vulva. Um, and stimulation to this area can cause orgasmic response or reaction. Now, I know I always, I always, I always say I'm not going to spill too much of my own teas, but I always end up spending a little bit too much. But let me tell y'all, the U spot is the spot for me. I love her. I'm a U spot girl. Okay. Um, so yes, the uh, the skin. Um, or the tissue right outside of the urethral opening on a vulva um, that can be stimulated to produce orgasmic response. Another type of vaginal um, orgasm, okay? Let's keep going. So we talked about the G-spot for women, um, but let's also talk about the G-spot for men. Yes, 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 yes. The G-spot for men is the prostate gland. Now, the prostate gland can be stimulated internally through anal sex or through um, penetration of the rectum using fingers, sex toys, uh, butt plugs, any of those things. Uh, but the prostate gland can also be stimulated externally by massaging or applying pressure or stimulation to the perineum so the uh, or the perineum uh, this is the skin that uh, or the area of skin um, that is between the balls and the rectum or the anus on a male um, and that skin can be massaged and stimulated um, to produce an orgasmic response. A lot of people know this area as the gooch. That's what I know it as. Um, but I watched a video from Kane the coach on Instagram. I definitely encourage y'all to follow her. A Black woman who is a sex coach and gives amazing uh, tips and points of education. I learned so much from her page and I repost her videos a lot. I also reposted this one about stimulating the male G-spot from um, externally. Um, and so, yes, um, definitely follow Kane the coach because yes, but I, I heard her refer to this area, the perineum as the taint. That's something I never heard of before, but whatever you call this area, just know that applying a little pressure, a little stimulation to this area during sex can produce um, an orgasmic experience for partners with um, prostates, okay? So yes, yeah, some people like to um, experience that externally. Some people like to experience it internally from um, anal sex and anal stimulation, 
But the most important thing to know is that um, whatever floats your boat is what floats your boat, okay? And it can happen for you in any way that you want. Um, people also like to experience anal orgasms, um, and these are um, orgasmic reac reactions from anal stimulation. Um, so whether a person has a prostate or not, or whether they're trying to stimulate the, pro uh, the prostate or not, some people just like anal sex. Um, and that's why they use like different types of sex toys that are specifically made for um, anal sex and butt plugs and all of those things. Okay. So yes, we have talked about a lot already and we only like 15 minutes in, uh, but let's quickly recap. We talked about the clitoral orgasm. We talked about the vaginal orgasm, the A spot, the U spot, the G spot for people with uh, vaginas, and then also the G spot for people with prostates and how to stimulate that internally or externally. And we also talked about um, anal orgasms as well. We talked about cervical orgasms. Um, and these are all of the orgasms that are stimulated from a person's genitals. However, there are a lot of non-genital orgasms as well. And people experience these regularly and may even prefer them um, to some of our genital orgasms. So let's get into these, okay? Okay. So the first type of non-genital orgasm that I'll tell y'all about is the nipple orgasm. Yes, the nipple is a major erogenous zone and some people can experience an orgasm just from touching, stroking, caressing, or licking, sucking the nipples, whatever you want to do to them. Some people also like nipple clamps um, to really add that flavor to it. Um, so yes, nipple orgasms are a thing and they can happen. Another type of non-genital orgasm is a sleep orgasm. This happens to people of all genders and they happen during sleep. So um, we talked about this before. Uh, these are This is called uh, nocturnal emissions, um, or we more, more commonly know them as wet dreams. Um, and typically we associate wet dreams with like young boys going through puberty, um, but sleep orgasms can happen to anyone and they're uncontrollable because we don't control what we dream about. Um, but sometimes if you really get going in a dream and that moment is there and you're being mentally stimulated subconsciously and all of those things, it can produce an orgasm. And I thought that's so cool. That's so interesting. And I'm here for it. <laughs> totally. All right. Um, another type of non-genital orgasm is a skin orgasm. Skin orgasms, this is something that you may have already experienced and you may not have thought of it as a skin orgasm. This is the feeling of like when you get chills or goosebumps when you're really enjoying something like music or a song or seeing your favorite artist perform or, um, you know, some people food stimulates that for them. Um, it's that feeling of just like getting the chilly goosebumps all over your body um, from experiencing pleasure. Um, the most extreme version that I've seen of a skin orgasm, however, is when I watched Sex, Love, and Goop or Love, Goop, Love, Sex, and Goop on Netflix. Whichever way it is, I will put it in the comments, but make sure that y'all watch this um, docuseries. It is so, 
so, so good. And I learned so much from it. Um, and it really just gave me life. But there was a couple on, on Sex, Love, and Goop, um, a Black couple, and they were experiencing intimacy issues because one partner, he was like all about penetrative sex. And once I'm hot and ready, I'm ready to jump on you, be in you. What's up? Let's get it. Let's do it. Uh, where the other partner, she felt like they were lacking in the foreplay area. Um, and because of that, um, with sex, participating in sex for her was not as pleasurable um, as it was for her partner. And so they worked with a sex coach who had them to try different exercises. And one of the exercises that they tried was uh, stimulating the skin with like different types of materials and different sex toys, different mediums, different textures and things like that. Um, so this, the sex coach walked uh, the partners through this activity together where um, the male partner, he laid down on what was like a massage bed and uh, the woman, his partner, um, like did things to his skin. Um, in this, they also practiced like breathing. Um, and that's a big part of orgasms, like being in control of your breath and breathing. Um, and so they practiced breathing while he was being, while his skin was being stimulated. And he reached orgasm or experienced orgasm because of this. No penetration involved. They were both, you know, pretty much fully clothed, no contact with the genitals, um, but just the skin and the breathing sent him into an orgasmic experience that he had never even experienced before, let alone had I ever seen anything like that. Um, so y'all who have seen it know what I'm talking about. He was like, just in awe. He was speechless. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't get his thoughts together. And another thing that I love to see is that he was crying. Like he could not stop crying. He could not get himself together. It was like tears of joy, tears of release, tears of euphoria. He was just bawling. Um, and like, he couldn't even get his sentences out. And that is something else that happens during orgasms or as a result of orgasms, sometimes people cry. Um, and this is called postcoital dysphoria, um, where it, people experience intense emotions upon climaxing or um, having an orgasm. And so, yes, it was so good. Y'all need to see it. Sex, Love, and Goop on Netflix, Skin Orgasms. All right. So, there are many other types of non-genital orgasms. Some people experience orgasms from having piercings on their genitals or, um, or other erogenous zones. But I'm going to flip through my book one more time so I can read y'all this list of um, other types of non-genital orgasms. And I'm reading from the Orgasm Answer Guide, um, which is a book that I read um, and I, well, initially I was gifted this book from Alicia B. Free Andrews, but she let me borrow it and I loved it so much. I was like, uh-uh, I got to uh, buy another copy and give it back to her because I didn't keep this one. Um, and so I'm reading from the Orgasm Answer Guide and this informed the first episode along with all of the expertise and wonderful brilliance that Alicia brought. Um, but I find myself going back to this book so frequently because I'd be having questions and I'd be like, mm -hmm. or, you know, I remember something that I read and I'm like, let me read that again because yes, this book 
really gave the tea. Um, and so it's a little bit dated. Let me see. The book is a little bit dated. It was it was published in 2010, and we've learned so much about sex and sexuality uh, since then. Um, but there are really some amazing gems still in here. Okay, so other types of non-genital orgasms. Some people experience orgasm just from thinking about sex and thinking about having orgasms. So it's called a thinking of orgasm. Amazing. People can experience orgasms during meditation or during prayer. Some people experience orgasms after experiencing some type of injury where their erogenous zones are more sensitive um, or their genitalia becomes more sensitive. And so they just like experience random um, orgasms. Y'all, this one was really crazy for me. Some people experience orgasms during childbirth. I'm like, ah, you know, I've never birthed a child or a human and I'm scared of it just off of what I see and like things that I've been told and what I've heard and things like that. But I can't imagine adding an orgasm to that mix. Like it's already hectic in the delivery room and then here you are coming. This is crazy. Um, so yes, people can experience um, orgasm during defecation or forceful urination. This is something I've heard from women a lot, like uh, the sensation of like holding your pee and then releasing it after having to pee really bad can sometimes feel orgasmic or bring about the same amount of pleasure as orgasms. So yes, all the things y'all for real. Um, there's like a list of like 20 types of non-genital orgasms on this list, but I just wanted to give y'all these ones real quick. Okay. And then the very last orgasm um, that I'll talk to y'all about is blended orgasms or multiple orgasms. This is when people experience a combination of all of these different types of orgasms we talked about. Um, so it can be two or more, uh, a clitoral orgasm, vaginal orgasm, anal, nipple, cervical, sleep orgasm, skin orgasm, U-spot, A-spot, non-genital, they experience more than one at the same time. Um, and that produces a really like a deep feeling um, and a, a sense of uh, euphoria that is not experienced when a person is just having one orgasm. People also can experience multiple orgasms uh, where they experience orgasms back to back without stimulation in between. So essentially like one orgasm can trigger another orgasm or there can be stimulation in between and people experience back to back orgasms with a partner or, um, you know, from self-play. Um, so yes, all the things, all of the things. So something else to know about orgasms that's really important, some other things um, is that all orgasms may not feel the same. They may feel differently depending on what type of orgasm that you're having. And this is because genitals are connected to several different pairs of nerves with each pair of nerves servicing a different part of the person's genital areas. Stimulating different combinations of the nerves produces different combinations of sensations. Depending on the parts of the genitals that are stimulated and relative to the intensity Orgasms may feel different from one time to another. Um, so you may have a preference for one type of orgasm over the other, and that's because different 
stimulations are happening or this one type of orgasm may feel stronger than the other type um, and that is why okay um and so in this uh episode i talked a lot about um like women and femme identifying folks and people with vulvas and vaginas and the types of orgasms that uh, they and we experience and can experience and should experience. Um, and I, we really put the emphasis on this because of the orgasm gap. Uh, we know that women and femmes and people with vulvas and vaginas typically experience orgasm far less than men and people with penises um, and people who belong to the dominant gender or genders in society. Um, and so that is why um, the B condoms original post focused on women and why a lot of the information that I shared here today um, was focused on women and people with uh, vulvas and vaginas. Um, because we need to close this gap, okay? Everybody deserves pleasure. Everybody deserves uh, wonderful sexual experiences and um, orgasms are beneficial in so many ways that we talked about in Orgasms 101. So go back and check that out. Um, and so, yeah, everybody deserves to have those things, um, including uh, men as well. And we're more familiar with those types of orgasms. These orgasms are pictured on television and all of those things um, when the penis is uh, stimulated to produce orgasm. But we talked today about so many other types of ways in which people with uh, penises and men and people with prostates can be stimulated sexually to produce different types of orgasms. So this for everybody. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we take that with us understanding the orgasm gap and why we need to focus um, on closing that. Um, but more importantly um, to note is that pleasure is possible without having orgasms. Some people and many people have very pleasurable sex without it ending in orgasm. Um, orgasm doesn't have to be the end of a sexual experience. It doesn't have to be the goal of a sexual experience. It's not something that you're trying to achieve because you can still have pleasurable sex and pleasurable sexual experiences um, and pleasurable intimate experiences without having an orgasm. Um, and so a lot of times we like measure what good sex is um, to the standard of if an orgasm was had or not. Um, and we kind of ignore the process of getting there and all the pleasure that can happen in foreplay and, um, you know, just exchanging energy and having skin to skin contact and all of those things um, and the process of getting there. And so edging is another form of sexual act um, that produces a, a really pleasurable experience where people like go up to the process to uh, uh, through their sexual process up until the point where they are about to experience orgasm and then they stop and calm down and they may resume or they just end it right there. So that it kind of like leaves them on this high um, throughout the day or throughout the remainder of the time that they want to feel that um, experience. So there are many ways to experience pleasure without orgasm. And we need to think about um, when we are prioritizing orgasms over just our pleasurable experience. 
um, because sometimes we can miss out on the pleasure by just focusing on um, the end goal. All right. Um, and so then the very, very, very last thing that I want to say and just acknowledge is that um, I, throughout recording this episode, I noticed that I didn't use um, the most gender affirming language at all times. Um, and I'm still working on that. I'm still learning. We learning together, y'all. I'm still practicing uh, me doing these podcast episodes are opportunities for me to practice. And so um, I use like man and woman a lot um, when talking about things. But we know that people of all genders can have different types of body parts and different bodies and different experiences. And so I just wanted to acknowledge uh, my own uh, fault in that and make sure that we are just all on the same page, that there is something that fits you of all the different orgasms that we talked about today, regardless of which body body parts you have or don't have, which body parts your partners have or don't have, um, there is still there are still plenty of ways for you to experience pleasure and orgasm, okay? And I definitely encourage y'all to add at least one of these to your list, okay? Um, because there's just so much to try and there's so much to experience and you deserve the best things out of life. And some people we know um, experience an orgasmia, uh, which is a condition where people don't orgasm or don't experience orga orgasm or haven't experienced orgasm to date. And maybe it's because you're trying just one thing because you know of just like one way to get a nut when there are like all these other ways. Um, so I just spice it up a little bit, try some things out, try with yourself and see what works for you, what you like, what you don't like so much, what you love, what you want to try with somebody else, all of the things. I encourage y'all to do it. Um, or at least, you know, share with this information with somebody else. You might be having the best orgasms of your life, um, but you know, you might, you got, got a homegirl who still struggling um, in this department. And so definitely share this information, share this with her, check out their Be Condoms post um, and continue your learning on these things because it's so much to learn. And this is the perfect time to, you know, start uh, doing more education on it and start building up your confidence to jump into that because Valentine's Day is coming up, y'all. Um, so whether you'll be self-playing or whether you'll be with a partner or partners for Valentine's Day, um, that would be a perfect time to try something new with some of these ways to orgasm. Okay, so I hope that y'all have enjoyed this. If you want to learn more, if we need to have a 301, um, let, definitely let me know. Um, Alicia said that she would come back and continue educating us and um, learning with us. So, But I hope y'all enjoyed this. And let me know what y'all think, okay? Enjoy this tease, and I'll see y'all next week. Hey, teasers, thank you so much for tuning into that episode of your favorite sexuality education and storytelling podcast, Birds, Bees, and Teas. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Anchor, make sure that you follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast so that you can become an official teaser. You know what else makes you an official teaser? following us on all of our social media platforms at 
Birds Bees Tees at Birds Bees Tees on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. As always, we appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends, your families, and continuing the conversations that we start here. And if you ever feel inclined to donate to the podcast, hit us up on Cash App at dollar sign Birds Bees Tees. Thank you, teasers.